Good. This is Bo Buchanan, Arizona Lodge Number Two, and I'm here speaking on. Oh, I'm here speaking on the level with Nick Lindquist. Nick, why don't we just start out by giving me your full name, the name of your home blue lodge, and any offices or titles you have connected to that lodge. Okay, my name is Nicholas Ellsworth Lindquist, uh, and I am the Worshipful Master at Oriental Lodge 20 in Mesa, Arizona. Okay, and um, I thought Suresh was Worshipful Master. Oh, I got it backwards, I'm sorry. I'm Worshipful Master <laughs> at Prometheus Lodge, uh, Senior Warden at Oriental Lodge. I'm like, wait a minute, wait no, a minute, no, no, Suresh right. is Worshipful Master. You're right, <laughs> I got it backwards. Next year I'll be Worshipful Master at this lodge, and we'll switch. And that's really interesting, so you and yeah. Suresh are in seats... Worshipful Master and Senior Warden, and for people who don't know, Worshipful Master is ahead, Senior Warden is the next guy in line, mm -hmm. and you are Senior Warden at Oriental, and Suresh is Worshipful Master, right. and you are Worshipful Master at Prometheus, and Suresh is Senior Warden. Right. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it is pretty neat. Uh, yeah, it's helping me get to know Suresh really, really well. Uh, I really look up to Suresh, and I uh, just kind of copy what he's doing, and I've learned a lot um, by working so closely with him. Well, well, we'll talk a little bit more of that in about in a bit, but first yeah. I want to get back to the beginnings of where your journey started. And can you think of when you first heard of this thing called Freemasonry? Uh, I guess it was when I was a lot younger and my grandfather died and my mom started giving me artifacts uh, of his stuff to hold on to. And there was a lot of Masonic stuff and I didn't really know what to make of it, but I kept all of it because it belonged to my grandpa and we were really close. Uh, and then flash forward maybe about five six, seven, eight years, something like that. Uh, I started researching all sorts of, you know, interesting types, types of history and things like that. Uh, how old were you at this time? Uh, 29, maybe. Okay, late 20s, yeah. Yeah. Early 30s. And I started getting really interested in world events and, you know, kind of that whole type of esoterics type stuff, too. And the Freemasons just kept, kept coming up all the time. And uh, I realized the only way I'm ever going to really figure out what's going on is if I join and figure it out from the inside. <laughs> <laughs> so I... Uh, I Called the uh, actually I called Arizona number two and uh, I said I want to be a Freemason which I do and they said well you're in Mesa go to Oriental Lodge and uh, tell them you want to join so I showed up one afternoon and I was actually sitting in this very office and I met Roy Bergeron our secretary and he told me to come by a couple times a week and talk to him and I did that for a while and then he told me to come in on Tuesdays and help out in the kitchen so I helped out in the kitchen for a while. And basically, I just haunted the lodge for six months until they finally signed my petition and let me in. So you didn't know anybody, but you had that grandfather connection from the past. Well, actually, both of my grandfathers, and oh. I didn't know until after the fact. My dad told me that, oh, so this was my mother's father is the one I was talking about, and he was a Knight Templar, and I remember seeing his big puffy hat, and he had the sword and all that stuff. Uh, and then my father's father was also a Mason, but I guess he wasn't quite as serious about it, and my dad said it was something kind of casual that they did when he was younger. My dad was also in Demolay. So Your dad was in DLA, but he never joined Masonry. Well, no, he's a Mason now. Oh, he is? He joined about a, a year after me, and I kind of dragged him in. That's kind of cool. It's really cool, actually. So my dad, I'm Worshipful Master at Prometheus, and my dad is Junior Warden at Prometheus, and I'm Senior Warden here at Oriental, and my dad is Senior Deacon here at Oriental. I don't think I've met What's your dad's name? Tim Lindquist. Tim Lindquist. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. I call him Brother Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Brother Dad. Yeah. It's funny, because in Demolay, they call them Dad... Dad Lindquist, or you'd be called Dad in your last name. That's oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yep. I haven't heard that before. Brother Dad. That's interesting. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah. very cool. Yeah, it is. It's really cool. It makes it a lot more fun for me to get to spend so much time with my dad. So when you when you started researching in your 20s, I guess, mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about what happened in that time frame. What kind of research were you doing? Uh, was the internet around? Were you searching on the internet? or? Well, no, not really. I guess maybe to some degree I was. Uh I guess I was really just, uh, I've always been really, really into books and reading books. 
And uh, I remember it was just, I'm not even sure what got me into it. Uh, I was just reading all sorts of stuff. I remember I did actually download a bunch of stuff, um, Masonic files from the Internet, one of those huge uh, file sharing sites. I downloaded 16 gigabytes of Masonic stuff, and I was kind of digging through that, and I realized I have no idea what this means. I'm going to figure it out. You know, I was just, I've always really been into mysterious stuff, okay. you know. And, and there's uh, an air of mystery to Freemasonry Oh, yeah, for very sure. much so, in the fact that we don't talk about anything that we do inside of the Lodge, outside of the Lodge. Right. You know, it's impossible to really understand what goes on inside the Lodge if you've never been in the Lodge. It's kind of like, what's the saying, that um, there's a spirit or soul of Masonry, and, you know, you can see it from the outside, but you don't really know what it is unless you're on the inside um, kind of like a, a bottle of wine. You can't actually see the bottle of wine unless you open it up and drink it. Yeah, that's kind of like something Suresh and I were talking about is you don't really know, there's n you don't really know uh, how to find men of similar uh, character or thought, but then mm -hmm. when you come to Freemasonry, mm -hmm. they gather there. That's where they are. Yeah, very much so. And honestly, that's not what I was looking for when I came to the Lodge. I was not looking for to make a bunch of friends. It just kind of happened. You know, I was interested in the mysterious aspect, and I wanted to know, what the heck are these guys doing? Why are they coming up in all of these, you know, I'm reading about history and all these other things. They're just in the middle of everything, and I want to really understand why. But coming to the Lodge, of course, I've made about 100, 200, 300 really close friends, and it's really been such a good thing for me because, not that there's anything wrong with my friends before, but they weren't the quality of friends that I've made here in Masonry. All good, solid guys, you know. So... Why, you touched on it a little bit, but let me be more direct. Why Freemasonry? Why did you join? What was so appealing? Uh, well, I guess basically because I was just really into the esoteric stuff, you know. And, and tell, me, tell me, expand on that by esoteric, what do you mean? Uh, well, I was really, I was looking into like the Manly, Manly P. Hall stuff, and I was looking into Rosicrucianism, uh, and just kind of, you know, the alternate theories of history in which the Freemasons have always been, or whatever was before the Freemasons, you know, whatever inspired Freemasonry, uh, it's kind of hard to explain. So that connection to the past really is yeah. what I hear a lot of guys say is that although there are certain dates you can read in history books about Freemasonry and when certain things started, mm -hmm. there's a lot of conjecture about where Freemasonry's origins come exactly, from, yeah. even back to the beginning of time in some, right, some instances, exactly, right? Exactly, exactly. Well, there's, so, I mean, what's interesting is if you think about, um, one thing that I find really, really interesting about Kabbalah is there's supposed to be all this ancient wisdom and mysteries encoded into the Torah, and the stories in the Torah aren't actually supposed to be literal. It's uh, some kind of ancient wisdom has been coded and secrets hidden into the Torah. So if you think about what inspired those people to write the Torah based, what was that wisdom before the Torah? You know, and it's kind of like that. Something inspired Freemasonry. There's all of this throughout history. There's been evidence that, you know, aspects, the symbols, and all these different things have been kind of rolled up into Freemasonry, but they existed before Freemasonry. Right. Uh, and I guess you'd call that the ancient mystery type stuff. And I've always been really, really curious. About Oral that. histories before we had written history, really. Right. Yeah. Right. So, <clears throat> so I find it interesting. You called number two, and number two uh, mm -hmm. told you, hey, you're right by a lodge, which is kind of one of the cool things about Freemasonry. We're not concerned really which lodge you go to. You're curious. Here's a lodge right by your home. Right. If you want to go to that one, great. If you want to go to another one, that's you know that's your call. Right. Research, find like a lot of people say, every lodge has its own personality. Yes, I've, I've found that's true. Yeah. And uh, one of the things uh, I talked to Suresh a little bit about is you were 
you were part of the team that formed that, that lodge in Prometheus, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about where that came from. We talked to Cosmo and Suresh. Now I want to uh, talk to you about where, how'd that get started? Where, well, if you've talked to Cosmo, you know where that started. Um, but I want to hear from you. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I guess at that time I might have been junior deacon or something here at Oriental, and I was just loving the Masonic experience. Not that I'm not now, but... Uh, so I just couldn't, could not get enough, and I didn't realize what an obligation of time it would be to join a second lodge. But Cosmo had this idea that he wanted to create a second lodge, and he asked me and some of the others, other brothers if we'd be a part of it, and he asked me if I would be junior warden at the other lodge. And I said, absolutely. Like I said, I was junior deacon. I was excited to be you know, more involved in the ritual and you know, assuming a higher position of responsibility in another lodge. Uh, and Cosmo... It's just, he's just amazing. I mean, Cosmo's a masterpiece. There's no other guy in the world like Cosmo. I don't know where he gets his ideas or his energy. <laughs> but what's really impressive about him is he'll come up with an idea that just sounds like totally from out of left field. And then he'll actually make it happen. You know, even if it sounds like, so Cosmo, a good example with Cosmo is he says something, oh, I'm going to do something, I'm going to go create my own lodge. And then everyone's like, okay, but then another, a new lodge appears, you know. So Cosmo says someday, we're going to have a pyramid for us to meet in at Prometheus. And because it's Cosmo, I, I imagine it's going to happen at some point. <laughs> you may actually have a yeah, pyramid. Yeah, he's, he follows through with everything. So currently right now, Cosmo's project is um, we're going to be laying the cornerstone. Prometheus is laying the cornerstone for a new Vietnam memorial that's going up in Gilbert. And Cosmo says, I'm going to get George Washington's gavel there at the, the groundbreaking ceremony. And we're like, okay. And now he's, he's done it. He's already made it. He's traveling from Washington, D.C. Yeah. I mean, that's just a perfect example. He comes up with something, plucks it from the sky, and then makes it real. So, uh, yeah, Prometheus Lodge all came from Cosmo and uh, Jeff Cummings, another past master of Oriental 20. I believe he was past master in 2012, and then he was the first Prometheus worshipful master also. Oh, really? Okay. If you're familiar with uh, Jeff Cummings, wasn't he actually DDGM of uh, Arizona Number Two for a while? I know. I, I don't know. Josh Clavis has been our DDGM as far as I've as long as I've been in, so I don't know. I don't know Josh. I'm pretty sure he was at least or, for a little while, but I could be wrong. Yeah. So you guys start. You got this idea. You decided to start it. It was, it was a little more commitment than you thought, but you've stayed with it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, luckily for me, my wife is in graduate school right now, so she's busy all the time. <laughs> so I can get out and play with the Masons, and it's not really a big deal. She's not around anyway. If she was around, it might be a different story. But if I can, if I fill my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday with Masonic stuff, it's not a big deal because she's a class anyway. Uh, and you know, I can't really get enough of it. So. So what what year were you raised, and where? I was raised in 2012, right here, at Oriental. Right here at Oriental. Okay, mm -hmm. so do you remember what month it was? I think, I want to say, I guess it was June, July, and then August. Well, I, I was raised in August, I believe, but I got them pretty quickly. So you're, you're, still, you're just coming up on your four-year anniversary here pretty soon. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Wow. I jumped okay. in at both feet, yeah. And I remember uh, one of the, my memories is you were actually one of the first people I met outside of my own lodge. And for mm -hmm. some reason, I really made some connection with you. I remember when, when I did uh, one of my degrees, it was at, uh, uh, was it here? I did my second degree. We were traveling, and I want to say it was either Scottsdale or here. I don't think it was at Scottsdale. I, it could very well be, but yeah, of course, I remember the evening you're talking about, but I don't know where and it was. And I met you, and uh, I don't know what it was, but that was the first, kind of one of the cool things I like about masonry is uh -huh. that immediate connection you have with guys all over the place, whether it's mm -hmm. from your lodge or another lodge or another country or another state, it doesn't matter. I like that, too. That's kind of the cool part. Yeah. Have, have you traveled at all, gone to other lodges or states or countries oh, at all? Absolutely. Well, not out of the state or the country. <clears throat> Man, I go all over the valley. I'd like to eventually visit all the lodges in the state. 
uh, I'm limited only by proximity. But yeah, I've gone to all the ones within spitting distance of uh, of my home lodge here. Can, can you can you share any uh, interesting or funny memories of your time in masonry so far? Uh, well, all of them are pretty much interesting. Uh, I can't really. So do you do this? Do you do the cigar night with Cosmo? Uh, I did at first, uh, and now it's it's not really close to my house, and okay. I don't really smoke a lot, and I don't drink. And so <laughs> you know, sitting there drinking water the whole time gets kind of old. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah. that's the only reason I don't go as much as I used to. Sometimes I still do for the brothers. But what about any other events you've gone to or uh, ceremonies or? Well, okay. So Scottish Rite, I love Scottish Rite. York Rite, I love York Rite. I went to the uh, Colorado River Festival for York Rite last year in Laughlin, and they give you all the all the degrees over a period of a weekend, and those those have been very impressive. That's stuff I will not ever forget. And then in Scottish Rite, I started with Scottish Rite, uh, so I joined in 2012, and like I said, I was raised in August, and then I got 32nd degree in November. Oh wow! Yeah. So very quickly. Yeah, because one thing I love about masonry is doing ritual. I remember that. Uh, when I was entered apprentice, as soon as I got the entered apprentice degree, Jeff Cummings and Cosmo approached me and said, would you like to do the working tools uh, for the next guy who was coming up um, from kitchen duty and he was about to get let into the lodge? And they thought, would it be pretty cool if you did the working tools for him? So uh, I memorized it, and it was in a couple of weeks, and I was really nervous about it, obviously. Um, so it, as an entered apprentice, you were doing uh, one of the pieces of ritual work for us? Right, yes, exactly, yeah. Uh, and so I did that, and uh, I loved it. I was so nervous. And then so they just started kind of piling other pieces of ritual on for me, and I just kept doing it all. So then when I found myself in Scottish Rite, well, now there's you know many, 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 many more degrees that need ritual parts done. And so I quickly uh, just kind of started doing Scottish Rite degrees too. So I would say performing ritual is probably my favorite part of masonry, especially the uh, some of the later degrees because the subject matter is just very interesting. Uh, no, you still involved. You still doing? Are you doing Scottish Rite reunions, participating mm-hmm. in that? Oh yeah, I'm in six or seven different Scottish Rite degrees. Yeah. Well, holy cow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a lot of work. A lot of memorization. Well, yeah, it is. Uh, and now some of the bigger ones, some of the some of the, the latest ones, I don't have memorized, but nobody does because that's just a lot. Uh, yeah, but uh, a lot of the stuff I do have memorized, and it's a feeling of accomplishment to memorize it, and it's really really fun to to share it with the brothers especially uh, you know I never I was never a ham growing up but I love putting on the costumes in Scottish Rite and you know acting out the part for some reason that really I just really enjoy it so what is it that keeps you motivated and excited in Mason or what is it that keeps drawing you in I, I have absolutely no idea <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know I really don't know I don't know what I was expecting to find here and I can't really put my finger on exactly what I have found but I do know that I love it um, can't really seem to get enough of it. Are there is there someone you can think of that that uh, stands out to you as somebody who embodies the ideals that we talk about in Freemasonry that's made a a big difference on your journey or, or who really you look up to? I guess that would probably most be Suresh, the guy who was just sitting in here. Uh, I kind of feel uh, an affinity towards Suresh because he and my dad have a connection. That my dad teaches computers at ASU, and my dad was one of Suresh's professors when he was at ASU. And he didn't know that until I joined the lodge. And he goes, you know, I had a professor named Lindquist. I said, oh, yeah, that must have been my dad. So for some reason... Suresh so had your dad as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So now that my dad's in the lodge, they, they share even, they, you know, they share a nice fun bond. But Suresh has been, you know, I can't really say him in particular. Also, Cosmo, of course, and Jeff, and uh, everybody, everybody you meet. Um, but the ones I spend the most time with, I would say, particularly the ones 
and of course Jim May too. You know, how lucky are we to have a past grandmaster here every single week? And he does education every month. And his education, we did a table watch last week, and his education just literally blew me away. I couldn't believe now, when it. Did, when did you first meet Jim? Do you remember? Well, before I was even, when I first started showing up and haunting the lodge, you know, he was that guy that everybody kind of talked about, like, that's the guy you got to meet, that guy over there. Yeah, <laughs> he walks on water. And so I was always a little bit nervous being around him. And uh, he's interesting because unless you do something amazing, he won't tell you even it was good. Like, you can go and give a lecture really well, and he'll say, yeah, that was okay. You know? <laughs> he keeps you honest. He's not going to tell you that was great unless he's absolutely blown away. And to this day, I don't think he's, I think he told me I did one thing great, but I don't even remember what it was. But, yeah, so he's one, of course, I really looked up to. And any of the past grandmasters, for some reason, I've always, maybe it was um, Bill Gerard has always been really, really, really nice to me. And he actually Bill was that guy at our lodge that he was, he oh, became, yeah. He became grandmaster right after I joined. So he's that one guy in Ireland who was like, "Oh, there's Bill Gerard. That's the guy you got to you got to talk to. He's the yeah. man." Oh yeah, he's just so <laughs> nice and so smart too, isn't he? He's, I felt so I've always kind of felt a connection with him too, and uh, he's actually the one who knighted me in the Knight Templar degree. Oh, yeah, very that was cool. Very meaningful for me, being all the way in Laughlin and having him be the one that knighted me. That was cool. That is very cool. Wow. It's another moment I won't forget. There's probably about a million Masonic moments that I won't forget. And I know you didn't ask me the question, but one thing I really like about masonry is that I know that there's no way, in my entire life, I expect to be a mason my entire life, but I know there's no way I'll ever find out and discover everything there is to know and discover about masonry. You know, it's like the more you learn about, the more you do, the more active you are, the more you find out that there's more above your head that you haven't experienced yet. You know what I mean? It's like, the Masonic College of Life that there's always, and, you know, the guys I've talked to, John Nichols, Jamie, mm-hmm. um, uh, Lamb, who are really into the research and things, talk about how mm-hmm. there's never an end to the research. Yeah, right, I know. It's maddening. Yep. So the more you know, the more you know that you know nothing. That you know nothing. Is, yeah. You, so... Can, can you tell me any uh, tell me a little bit more about your dad? So after about a year you joined, mm-hmm. what was that like, your dad, getting your dad involved? Uh, he was a little bit hesitant at first uh, because he didn't, you know, he hadn't done the research that I had, and I was just kind of dragging him to some weird, I don't know, he had no idea what he was getting into. <laughs> and so Suresh signed for him right away, of course, because he'd known him, known him for years and years, and I obviously signed for him too. So he didn't have to haunt the lodge and find out, you know, get to know the brothers. So he was a little bit hesitant, I think, the first degree, I think. kind of. He didn't have that time frame getting to know people, learning. He jumped in. Yeah, with both feet. Yeah. With both feet. But he's, he's as entrenched in it now as I am. Uh, when I was a kid growing up, we did Boy Scouts together, and my dad was the scoutmaster. And uh, we really, really enjoyed spending that time together. And now this is kind of like grown-up Boy Scouts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard anybody say grown-up Boy Scouts. Well, it is. That's it's totally fun. it. Yeah. That, you just hit it on the head. Yeah. Grown-up Boy Scouts. You get all the merit badges and the pins and whatever. <laughs> and get you, you know, to get you the degrees and whatnot. You're oh. in the ranks. Yeah. But really, it's just a good reason, excuse for me and my dad to spend time together. So I think at first he was a little bit confused. He didn't really know what was going on, but now he's getting much, much more into it. You know, he's studying and reading the books. And so my dad knows, uh, let's see, he knows all three. Well, I don't want to get too into all the stuff he knows, but he knows a lot of ritual. Like I thought I knew a lot of ritual, but boy, my old man is keeping me on my toes. You know, I had a chance to interview, uh, Bob Bethel and Scottsdale and his son. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to forget his name, but 
Yeah, the real young fella. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's he's very much like you, eager and interested in things. And mm-hmm. uh, I always thought it would be cool if we did a father son degree where fathers oh. and sons did all the different parts because we've got enough of them here in the, in the greater Phoenix area where oh, we can do that. Idea. Yeah, it'd be fun to have like the father son. So we should just tell we should just tell Cosmo that and he'll make it happen, right? Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. yeah. Um, what else? Anything you can think of that you want to tell people? Memories or something that just strikes your mind about about masonry? Uh, well, okay. One more thing that really is fun that uh, also involves Cosmo. Another thing that he kind of conjured out of thin air was the uh, Colonial Degree Team. Have you heard of the Colonial yep. Degree Team? Yep. Yeah, that's something we really enjoy. I just saw a picture on I think your website or Facebook page. All the guys dressed up. They went uh, for down to Oz- was it yeah, Aslan? Yeah, yeah, Aslan. yeah, Arizona number two. Uh, that's something else I really enjoy. You know, getting dressed up in soft drag is like one of the founding fathers of tights on. And a, you know, okay, I've never heard it referred to that way, soft drag. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're backstage putting on tights with a bunch of other guys in a closet, you know, what are we doing here? Really? What are we doing? Is this necessary? So on the Colonial Degree team, it's like a period thing from the Colonial Times and everybody's in costume. Mm-hmm. And I'm Thomas Jefferson. Oh, really? Cosmos George Washington, yeah. So each person is a character. I didn't know that. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm the junior warden slash Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. That's really cool. It is. And, and is George Washington the worshipful master? Of course. Of course. Who of plays course. that role? Well, no. Of course. Cosmo. Cosmo. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. His brainchild. Right? Oh, that's funny. Well, I don't want to review anything, but Cosmo... Cosmo has been so instrumental, or what's the word, instrumental? Instrumental. Instrumental, thank you, in my Masonic development that, uh, I mean, last year was just especially above and beyond for him because he founded that lodge and he was worshipful master of one and senior warden of another and then he had the uh, whole colonial degree thing going on and all this other stuff he was into. I nominated him for Mason of the Year and uh, I was a year late, or not a year late, a month late with my application and uh, the guy, uh, I think it was Brooks Cunningham, sent me a letter and said, your candidate is actually very impressive, but unfortunately he was a month late, so he can't be considered. However, they did still give Cosmo an honorable purple medal at Grand Lodge. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I guess I would have to say Cosmo is somebody I really, really look up to also. I wish I had his energy. He does have a lot of energy. He's amazing, yeah. All right. Any any closing thoughts? No, I think that's it, Bo. All right. Thanks for taking the yeah, time. No yeah, my pleasure.